Good evening, everybody. Allow me to read something to you. By the way, this is Daniel from No Pain, No Spain. Living on a lighted stage approaches the unreal for those who think and feel in touch with some reality beyond the gilded gauge. Cast in this unlikely role, ill-equipped to act, with insufficient tact. One must put up barriers to keep oneself intact. Living in the limelight, the universal dream for those who wish to seem, but for those who wish to be, they must put aside the alienation, get on with the fascination, the real relation, the underlying theme. Living in a fisheye lens, caught in the camera eye, I have no heart to lie, and I can't pretend a stranger is a long-awaited friend. All the world's indeed a stage. We are merely players, performers and portrayers, each another's audience outside the gilded cage. Living in the limelight, the universal dream for those who wish to seem, but those who wish to be, must put aside the alienation and get on with the fascination. Those lyrics are from the song Limelight from the album Moving Pictures from the band Rush in 1981. The lyrics were written by Neil Peart as with most of the lyrics of that band and it has been a Actually, Rush, the band Rush, has been the, the background music of my life. Not only Rush, but mostly Rush. Uh, if you remember from previous posts... Hold on, I lost my fucking dog. Uh, there she is. From previous podcasts. Um, uh, I was introduced to Rush very 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 early in my life by a by a pothead and it has been present ever since nevertheless limelight is probably in a whole integral way the best song i've ever heard well there's a lot of songs out there that which i consider absolutely fucking incredible but limelight the music, the lyrics, the character of the song, the character of the band, the time when it was made. It's just, it's just a, a whole cake. It's not pieces, it's not parts, it's the whole cake. Uh, Neil Peart died a few months ago of brain cancer and he had a fascinating life full of tragedy as most of us do. Nevertheless, I consider him a mentor. I've been trying to be something like him in my life. Something. <laughs> Even a 0-1% would have been enough. I've, uh, I've learned how to play the drums because of him. I got into lyrics and into writing because of him. So, um, look it up. Listen to the song, Limelight, from the album Moving Pictures from Rush, 1981.
Now, <clears throat> having said that, now my dog's taking a shit. And here's the thing, it's, there's nobody around. There's only two people sitting on a bench. And I'll give you a guess. Where do you think she took a shit? Well, right in front of those two people right there. Motherfucker. Anyways, <clears throat> there's, um, we, my family and I, my, my girlfriend's a vegetarian. Yeah, I know. I know, my karma. So we regularly go to our vegetarian pizza place, which, uh, yeah, it's not bad. Could be worse. Uh, they also have some vegan shit, which I don't absolutely touch. But the vegetarian pizza, I wouldn't call it pizza, but it's edible. Nevertheless, the, the, um, they have the craziest, craziest waiter. This guy is, <laughs> this guy is, is worth, I think that place is worth visiting, even just to meet Andres. Andres is crazy with capital letters, but he's as sweet as it can be. So we've, uh, we've known him for a while. We've been going there for a while. We go there at least once a week or once every two weeks. So he always welcomes us and has a chat with my son and and goes about in his crazy rant and but he's he's so sweet he's so sweet but you can see it that he's had a, a tough life he's uh, i don't know if i said already but he's mexican but he's been here quite a while and he speaks every fucking language you can imagine and he is the reason why i spoke of rush today and the connection is not as so easy to to make because when he brought the pizza he i noticed a tattoo in his forearm of till public image limiting a punk man from the 1970s and early 80s with uh, Lyndon as a singer who was completely crazy so I, I mentioned it to him god damn you must have liked them a lot to have a tattoo and he goes yeah and then he showed me other tattoos from, uh, from other bands from the 60s from the dead Kennedys he had a tattoo of the dead Kennedys fuck me and so um, he was he mentioned that, you know, he was talking like, you know, things he talks about, but he never would have guessed that I am as familiar with all those bands as he is. So I mentioned uh, well, the Dead Kennedys, XTC, Black Flag, The Clash, and he just lost it and he started. Well, now, if he liked me before, now he absolutely adores me. And so we ended up talking about the um, consequences of that movement, of that uh, punk movement of the mid-70s which was initially if I'm not mistaken a kind of rebeldy against disco uh, disco was everywhere fucking Donna Summers and Earth Wind and Fire and all those bands which we now listen to with nostalgia and we now listen to with some kind of and they're good oh they were fantastic but they were uh, submerging us into a into a pussy ass world of bell bell button jeans and this shirt necks enormous short shirt necks and these colors and the man we were trans we get, were getting transformed into <laughs> absolute fucking clowns and not only that but the music the style of dancing the 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 the, the whole 
Well, the whole spirit behind disco was this bullshit, the drugs and the uselessness of everything. And so this punk movement was, it kind of came out out of rebeldy towards that. And uh, there was a famous, uh, I'm going I'm to be very brief about this, but I want to mention that there was a very famous um, joint in New York called CBG, which uh, was most of these bands where it started. So uh, from these bands were talking, talking Heads, The Stooges, uh, The Clash, uh, Black Flag. Oh, shit, Black Flag. Uh, don't know if you've probably never heard of Black Flag and probably you will never will because they weren't as popular as, as, as that. But the singer of Black Flag, Henry Rollins, you might have heard him. He, he was the wildest fucking animal you had ever seen. This guy was... For, I don't care what you've seen. I don't care all these bands and shit. No, 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 no. You go into YouTube and look up White Flag, Black Flag Life with Henry Rollins and you will see what violent behavior is. These fuckers took no prisoners. These fuckers were not joking. These fuckers were serious. And that's not the reason why I like Henry Rollins. Because uh, in spite of all his violence, of all his terrible, terrible upbringing, if you to read from him and you find out from him he had a terrible upbringing and he was such a fucked up kid and then he well he became what he became but also he became an intellectual so um, I love that combination it's not that I love violence with intellectualism but it's it's the kind of thing you 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 think you know someone by what he he does publicly and what he did in shows and in his music and then you realize fuck me Henry Rollins had his shit together really really well I recommend you look up his um, oh his uh, his shows not music shows but uh, his talks uh, very very smart guy an absolutely wonderful storyteller super charismatic but before you do that, before you submerge yourself into Henry Rowling's the, the second stage, look at the first stage so you know where this fucker comes from. He, I remember being very young and somebody gave me a magazine in which uh, Henry Rowling was interviewed. And I remember loving that interview. I can't remember a word of it, but it was really, really, really good. But the thing, it had a picture on it of, uh, of Henry Rollins from the back without a shirt. And his back tattoo is, fuck me, awesome. And I was so close, so close to having it done. Actually, I wouldn't have regretted if I would. The, there's a sun, like an evil sun in the middle of his back. And on his, oh, from one shoulder to the other, it says, search and destroy mean 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 motherfucker well in music wise he didn't get too far after black flag he took into the henry rollins band and he was good he was good it was very melodic but still very violent tremendously violent but other bands for example talking heads now that's uh now that's a good example because the talking heads remain in the light first album is as punk as it gets 
and they must have been very, very, very early 20s. And um, David Byrne, the, late, the lead singer and, and brain of Talking Heads, um, already showed, it was already showing at that time. And this, if I'm not mistaken, Remain in the Light is from 1977. Well, he was already showing his, his uh, tremendous ability to compose and his, mm, well, his, his, his capacity of absorption of other kinds of music and to dilute everything and mix it all into a pseudo-punk new wave. It's, it was very unique. And I fell in love with that album, Remain in the Light. Go ahead, look it up. Um, and I've been following him up to this day. Uh, David Byrne has also been present in my life, very present indeed, for various reasons. Uh, first of all, because of Talking Heads. Sorry about the noise, guys, sorry. Fucking city, man. I wish Henry Rollins would take care of this shit. <laughs> uh, well, David Byrne <laughs> continued with the Talking Heads until 19... 91 or 90 1990 I think and then he went out on his own and what he did on his own is just out of sight it's well he he began mm, uh, producing South American musicians like Celia Cruz Silvio Rodriguez actually the best in my opinion the best Silvio Rodriguez album is produced by David Byrne Causas y Azares it's an amazing album now you want to hear what real latin music sounds causas y azares silvio rodriguez uh, so and then he went into do african music and then he went into writing and he has his blog he has his website which is outstandingly helpful for anything you want to do and uh so that's that that's uh well and the, and the clash the clash well i would need four podcasts to even begin to say what the clash meant for popular music even if you don't know it you owe so much to the clash so much i think as i said living uh, limelight is for me the best song ever written personally but london calling is probably the best complete album in the history of fucking music yeah i'm crazy london calling don't don't just listen to the song london calling everybody knows that they play it on the radio listen to the whole album and then go ahead and listen to sandinista which was probably the most experimental album ever made by anyone um then they did combat rock and they went a little bit into pop. And then the Mick Jones, I don't know, what was his name? I can't remember, he died. And that was the end of it. But The Clash certainly made a mark on everybody. As I said, even if you don't know it, <laughs> you owe a lot to The Clash. So those, for me, are the three main bands that came out of the punk era. And they shone. Because we also had the... The Dead Kennedys with uh, Biafra. I think Mike Biafra was his name, the singer who was 
also a little bit of an intellectual, a very smart guy who even uh, was a candidate for the California governor back in the early 80s. And I think he was very close to winning. So look him up, Biafra from the Dead Kennedys, and you'll see what I'm talking about. These are crazy, crazy guys with good brain potential. Actually, coming back to David Byrne back in the uh, late 80s, uh, some university, the University of Cambridge, or one of these big-ass fucking universities, uh, wanted to do a, a scan of a brain while composing. So why, how did the brain connect? How did the neurons connect? Or something like that. Don't quote me on that. While in composition mode and they brought in many guys I think it was Billy Joel I think they brought Paul McCartney and uh, all these big shots but they also brought David Byrne in and after the experiment was through uh, well they went and did an IQ test and uh, it showed that David Byrne had a double digit and a well into double digit IQ and if you read his stuff and you listen to his music and you listen to his music evolution and how he moved from one side to the other with this amazing ability to to just mix everything into his very, very, very personal sound, you will understand what I'm talking about. I saw him live in 2010 probably or 2009 on the home tour. They came to Barcelona and uh, he is such a sophisticated human being, such an unbelievably charismatic. Can you see, can you hear this noise? Do you think you can live with this noise? Unbelievably charismatic, a human being, so, so tender, so sweet, so smart, so artistic, so articulate. Anyways, he's uh, also one of my lifetime heroes. He's been very present, not only music-wise, but in his books and in his blog and in his website. Look him up, David Byrne. You will not be disappointed. Anyways, this is what I wanted to talk to you about today because this Mexican guy, just, <laughs> you have to go. It's a vegan pizza, the name of the place. It's in Juanic, in case you live in Barcelona. Look him up, vegan pizza in Google. It was the first, it'll be the first option available in Google and ask for Andres. Oh, you will recognize him if you go there. No need to ask for him. <laughs> anyway, guys, <clears throat> thank you so much for listening. This was a podcast just out of my head because Andres just blew my mind. Yeah, keep well, keep safe. Bye-bye.